Welcome to The Partition, home of kinky wellness with Dana and Kat. Together, we give a new voice to kinky sexual wellness. We're not your average wellness advocates, so let's peel back the layers of kinky wellness and talk about it. Hello, and welcome back. How are you doing today, Kajina? I'm doing very well. How are you? Good, good. Welcome to today's episode. So today is going to be interesting as Kat and I are going to be talking about how everything is not a red flag and we all just need to chill. But we're also going to be talking about the flip side of that coin about how toxic positivity within our lives and especially our sex life has the possibility to harm it and destroy it. So obviously my opinions I'm coming from like a cis straight female, I guess, about dating world, right? I don't really know too much about the lesbian dating world. So <laughs> I, do you want to start with a red flag or do you want to start with positivity? Should we talk about positivity first? And then we, we can, can totally do that. Flags and like how they connect together. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. yes. So I, for toxic positivity, I think that in general, people just need to stop pretending that their sex is, is good when it's not. Like, it's not positive all the time. Like, maybe not so much as like, oh, it's not fun. But I think if you're not having a good time or if you weren't satisfied in the way that you wanted to, don't say it was good when it wasn't. Like, it's not (laughs) just say, hey, man, can we work on it? I think also like toxic positivity, it it's very much connected to that idea of like the this new self-love the cult of self-love I read an article on it and it's like this narcissism that comes with you know I'm I'm amazing I am this I am that and I was like it's for me toxic positivity is this idea with sex where it's you assume that you're always going to be good at sex you're not yeah that's a good one I think like you've had positive reinforcement from your partners, probably because your partners aren't communicating and saying, actually, that was bad for me as well. But this idea that you are personally an amazing sex god 100% of the time, I find has this massive impact on like making your partner want to communicate with you. But also you just immediately assume you know what your partner wants. And then that's where issues happen, in my opinion, or what I've seen in my own sex life. And I say this as someone who hasn't had sex in about six years. No, I think it's true. Like to your point that I think that people, if they don't get a negative or a constructive criticism, then they might think, oh, great, I don't have to learn more or increase my skills, but it's not necessarily like that. And also I think, um, if your sex life is just not good, I don't know why you'd lie about it. It just makes it, it hurts on so many other levels, just on your sexual self. I think, and I do understand it to a point. I think it is that worry that you're going to say to your partner actually that was awful and it's been awful for a while and your partner's going to leave you I think there is a lot of it comes from a place of insecurity I think when you do that it's not it's not from a place of you know you're not confident in yourself and you're not comfortable in yourself enough to sit down and say no and like and I'm saying that as somebody who has been there with previous partners where I've just gone eh, you know especially with I've been very honest about my vagismus in previous episodes it's an interesting one where I've been having sex and my partner immediately goes to penetration 
Mm. And even after I've said, I don't enjoy penetration, in their heads, they've gone, oh, but everybody, all of my other partners really enjoy it when I finger them. So they've gone to do it. And I'm like, but you're not listening to me. Like your fingers will not cure my vagisma. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> you um, don't have that magic touch. I'm sorry. No. To <laughs> if you did, completely different thing. But I'm already nervous. You've yeah. just made me worse. But I also find like, but I didn't speak up because I was embarrassed and I was worried that it was something on me and it was it was I was a bad person if I wasn't enjoying this specific sexual act Mm. I think I just cut oh well everybody else is doing it so you just go along with it and then I'm like well actually no now I've made my vagismus worse and I've made it so that I can come and blah 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 and I think it does you have to be in a good headspace, I think, within yourself to be able to tear away that like toxic positivity surrounding yourself and sex and actually put your hand and have the bravery to put your hand up and say, I said I don't like that. Or look, we tried this thing. I know that you really enjoyed it, but but even denial, like yeah, denial in relationships, like thinking that the sex is as like not bringing it up. Because you're like, okay, this is, oh, like the couples who both lie to each other about how good their sex life is. I think like there is a little bit of denial in there if it is stressful because people don't want to talk about it because again, they think it's some sort of issue on themselves, like a performance issue, or they take it very personally, but it's not that. And like what you said, it is very mental. Like sex is a lot in the head. Like it is very much in the head, not so much what's going on, but how comfortable do you feel? How is your nervous system feeling at the time? Like, how's your subconscious? Like all of those small, like they're major, major elements, but they're um, overlooked, often overlooked, I think. No, I completely agree. But so I know we've like, we're speaking about like toxic positivity. I did actually get the idea wrong and I was looking at the toxic self-love but I do think they are very interconnected with it. So like, do you think we also need to be a little bit more honest, especially from a dating perspective about like self-love and that it can go too far sometimes. That idea of like, I love myself, can that go too far and become toxic, do you think, with dating? I think... Yeah. I think I love myself so much where I don't need somebody else. Like if somebody hurts you or brings up a trigger point that's in your past, but you might not be aware of it, that it's triggering something that has absolutely nothing to do with the partner that's in front of you and what's actually happening. And that your body is currently reacting to something that happened years ago. I think if you say like, Oh, I love myself. That's just who I am. And you don't acknowledge that. And you start building then building that into your just this is just who I am type <laughs> phase um that is toxic because you aren't identifying like you have faults that's crazy we all have faults yeah. the whole thing is you have to love yourself with the faults I do think that people need to go around and say to themselves I am the best I am amazing and I do think that people need to say that inwardly but there's this quote that my best friend <laughs> always <laughs> says yeah well my best friend always says it he says you know, a nice guy doesn't have to say he's a nice guy. There's no guy going around saying I'm a nice guy. And that's the thing. If you're running around saying I'm a nice person or I am great the way I am, like every opportunity you can. And 
honestly, I feel like I was actually part of that boat growing up. I used to run around being like, I'm great. I'm amazing. And I used to scream that off my soapbox, but inside I was deeply upset, deeply just broken. And now I don't, it's not like I say those things out loud, but I do say them inwardly more. And before I didn't say it inwardly at all, but I said it out loud a lot more. No, I agree. I know what you mean. When I was like a teenager, I was, I was a bitch. I'll be honest. Like everybody <laughs> likes to sit here and put the, the thing for me. And I can put my hand up and say it is that I am extremely gifted with self-awareness. I have a lot of self-awareness about me, who I am, my flaws. Self-awareness does not actually translate into doing anything about it. And I do think people need to recognize that mm. because I am like, I'm extremely self-aware I was at 16 and I was extremely self-aware that I was, you know, the same as you, uh, you know, I put on this front of, I am the baddest bitch around and I'm this and I'm that. And I was an extremely, I was very bullied. So I made other people's lives miserable because I was miserable. I was extremely insecure. I didn't like the way I looked. I didn't like a lot of things about me. And I was 16, so I was a dickhead. So I didn't know how to like healthily communicate that. But I thought, yeah, if I said it the loudest, if I if I said it in a way that other people knew I was the best, then I wouldn't understand it. And then obviously, like you said, it's now being in like 29 years old. And I'm like, well, no, now I can say I love myself, faults and all. And I think you have to love your faults in order to like. Oh, you have to. Like that's yeah. the whole point about like merging, even like through BDSM and kink, like merging those other, you know, other parts of you. I'm not going to say they're bad parts of you. They're just other parts of you yeah. that might not be on so much of that positive, positive sunshine scale. Uh, yeah. side. Like we all have it. That's ridiculous. And that's why I like BDSM and kink too, to challenge the fact that sex can be a place other for positive emotions. Like you can use it to release negative emotions, quote unquote, negative emotions or you know, the not so shiny emotions. And that's what I love so much about it because it's all encompassing. Like what feelings, what sensations do you want to feel today? What do you want to explore within yourself or your partner? But it doesn't have to necessarily be like, oh, I just want to be smiling right right now. Like, no, I want to like get this, like these tears out because it's therapeutic and cathartic for me right now. No, I agree on that one. I, yeah. And I think as well, like this toxic positivity and this toxic self-love talking about like crying and emotions, you see them at their worst when people tell you that you cannot feel anything other than anything happy towards Mm. yourself. You cannot be frustrated at yourself. You cannot be angry. You cannot be sad you cannot fit and you're like well you know just because I am having one day where I don't feel a hundred percent doesn't mean that I don't love myself it just means today I just need to be a little bit kinder to myself I need to be able to take that and you know you know what I mean like but you should also be angry with yourself I think that's ridiculous like sometimes I screw up and sometimes I have to look at myself and be like man that like not angry I don't want to use the word angry at myself but you do have to look at yourself sometimes and say was that the best decision that I could have made in that moment because sometimes I don't make the best decisions and that's one of those things that it's a constant growth 
that you do. That's not now versus later. Every day you should kind of look at it. Were you the best you could have been? I agree. It's accountability, maybe. Not not self, but because it's a really interesting one where I've seen it with friends. I've seen it. I've, you know, I've had conversations with people where I've been having an emotion because my version of like, the healthy way to deal with your emotions is like, if you are feeling something, just allow yourself to feel it. If you're sad, let yourself feel it. If you're angry, let you, as long as you don't harm anybody else with your emotions, just let yourself be. And I'm like, I've noticed it with, um, you know, over the past few months, you know, since we've started doing this, as you've heard me complain to you enough like I've been going through a lot of grief because I lost my grandmother this year the amount of people that tried to give me some just pray for another thing or you know the universe will give you what you need or like all of this like toxic positivity bullshit just because I wasn't happy yeah was so awful I was like honestly it's I I remember having an actual argument with somebody when I said I was like you know I'm going I was I think I just lost my grand my uncle and I had just been told that my grandmother had cancer you remember it's like a very Mm -hmm. very quick yeah and I was like I need to deal with this. I need to get the emotions out. So I was like, right, I'm going to go to my best mates. We're going to watch our favorite sad movies. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to get a little bit drunk. Um, We're just, just, whatever emotions will be is what will be. And I remember somebody was like, well, that's not a healthy way to deal with that. And I was like, what is then? Well, you know, you've just got to understand. I'm sure your nan will get better. I'm sure this will happen. Blah, blah. And I was like, you know, you can't look on the negative things. I've literally just been told my grandmother has severe cancer and is going to die this year. And my uncle died on his birthday. Mm-hmm. I think they are very specific re- situations where I am entitled to go. That was a really shit moment in my life. <laughs> yes, fair. But you are. And that's the thing. I feel like toxic positivity people are don't have empathy because they're not able to sit with people when they're their moments of vulnerability and sadness. And we are starting to see this rise of people being unable. First of all, people can't sit in their own negative emotions, let alone someone else's negative emotion. Oh, yeah. So Lord have mercy. And I think this... Uh, just be positive all the time is a way that they can hide themselves behind that. Like, oh, I don't have to deal with your sadness because I'm just going to tell you to be happy. Oh my God. Yeah. But you notice how there are always the people that will be the first to tell you they're a fucking empath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> am, I, I, am I wrong or am I not? Like they are the, they are always the spiritual. I'm like an empath. You're a child. You have child's emotions. If the only emotions you can have are rainbows and sparkles, if the only way you can see the world, if you want to see the world positive, that is amazing. And but I it's also so limiting. Yeah. Limiting. Like um, the world is full with complexity. Sorry, I just want to add that. Like complex emotions. Like, yeah. I don't know, what's that movie with the Disney and the feelings and all that jazz and they have the moments with the feelings mix and you yeah. have one. It, yeah, that's what it is. Like you can have multiple emotions in one swing, like the season sometimes, like oh, all gotcha. sorts of weather. 
exactly and I'm like it's so and it's an interesting one like I agree it is almost and then I think you'll see we're seeing it as well in like this these two very toxic ideas because I I was reading an article with the self-love one and I thought you would actually really enjoy it I will have to send it to you but I really love the line because they were talking about the actions now that you get told you have to do in order to be part of the self-love club. So that idea of like, you know, I'm up at 4 a.m., I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm do- I've am i lived an entire life before the sun has come up. And if that is not the thing that you are doing, you don't love yourself. Now, don't get me wrong. I know you are an early riser. You and you and your husband love a good morning. Yeah. Morning stretch. We've had conversations. I do not get out of bed until eight o'clock and I will refuse to do so when I come and visit. <laughs> That's funny. No, we'll, we'll, we'll make it separate. I'll be like, okay, see you later. Breakfast is there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Love it. Love it. If you give like, I, my <laughs> argument is I went freelance so that I didn't have to like have the set routine from yeah. other people telling me how to live my life. I love a routine, but I have a routine that works for me. But it's this idea of like these, there's so, you see them on TikTok, you see them on Instagram. It's these people whose lives are so busy and they seem like they love themselves and they're happy with themselves. And the, But I think so the person in there's a line in it that I thought was the most beautiful one. And it was like, they are, they, what they are is it's not self-love, it's anxiety driven controlling behavior recategorized and dressed up as healthy and I'm like yes I agree if you are an early morning riser if you like to get up at five o'clock in the morning and do your yoga and that is your time to wake up that is completely fine if you start work early that is completely fine but when it is these very obsessive ideas of I have to get up at I have to get up at 4am. I have to take this. I have to say this. I have to do this. I have to do. I'm like, you're almost keeping yourself so busy that you have no real time for self-reflection and to actually allow yourself to feel anything. Yeah. I think when it comes to, yeah, coming to scheduling like that, it's not going to work for everybody, especially because it's just so different I think when it comes to me the reason why I switched it to mornings and things like that it helped me get on with just like yeah I don't know other things like my diet and exercise is where I put it in the morning and it I like to plan out I guess you know I am a big planner you know that so the whole day overview and stuff like that but honestly I'm a I don't look at tech after eight and stuff like that so even if I run out of time for work I'm so that I'm strict on because the whole like blue light stuff And, um, because I do wake up so early. So if I do look at phones after eight, it fucks with my sleeping schedule. So it's one of those things, but yeah, it's, there is no one way to life at all, at all. And I think this is where it's being lost. Like, cause I agree with you on that one. I'm like, we work very differently. I do better at night because I do like to sleep and I like to sleep in in the mornings. Yeah. But I do think there is this massive idea with it where people are so focused on, you have to feel this specific way. You have to have these specific ideas or ideals 
for your life and these specific kind of routines for your life that anybody who deviates from it is seen as wrong and like bad and not doing things well and they don't like themselves and blah 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 and I'm like no they just they found things that work for them it's like it's like facial stuff and hair stuff you wouldn't make somebody with my hair use the same stuff as what works in your hair because we've got very different hair types it's recognizing that everybody has things that work for them their mind their mental health and their bodies yeah And I think people don't really talk about that a lot, but also getting into red flags about it, this idea of toxic self-love and toxic self-positivity is taken to the extremes when you see it in dating, because it's this idea of, uh, because people aren't looking inwards, aren't recognizing all sides of themselves besides the perfect shiny side. And then anybody who doesn't meet this, it's suddenly seen as a red flag. But I do think people mix up red flags and X way too much. I think, yeah, I think that people use it interchangeably. And also I think that anybody who has the slightest distaste now is getting a red flag. Like, because either, and it goes back to such weird things. It's like, oh, I read it in a magazine or that's just like the general consensus of what that is. Because even- like, I know it's funny, like we, we've said it before, like having a decent job, like I'm actually conflicted with that one because I'm very thankful that Anu and I took e- a chance on each other because we don't have stable jobs nine to five. So if someone were to judge me on having a decent job right now, or like even before I got into this, I wouldn't have been a strong candidate because <laughs> I had nothing to show. I didn't have anything to show when I first started and I took a huge gamble and I, and even if you don't live that way, everybody lives paycheck to paycheck. And that's not even when you're low income, you can have a six figure job, but even when you have a six figure job, you fall into this trap of bigger car, bigger house, more expenses. And those people are still living paycheck to paycheck. So it's like, what is it about the job? And I don't know. I know lots of people that just work jobs because they like it. And then they come home and they have a ton of hobbies and art and music that they work on. And it's not so much about the job per se. It's just something that pays the bills. And then they have a happy, slow, calm life, um, which is allowed as well. Like I think people are allowed to have slow lives as well. We don't have to constantly rush up the corporate ladder or any ladder for that matter. If you don't want to. I agree. I I think also as well, the problem is with the way, like you said, X and red flags have become interchangeable is also what is a red flag has now become been done to encompass a lot of things. And because of that, people get labeled with things Mm. that they shouldn't be. So like the common terms of a, this is abusive, narcissist, textbook narcissist behavior, this person is a psychopath because I read it in a fucking magazine. I think Amy Schumer, the comedian, I know a lot of people don't like her. Personally, I do. Um, Why do not people like Amy Schumer? Some people, I, I, I think it's just some people don't like her comedy, but it's, oh, okay. um, and that's fine. But she has a sketch show and she does a really good sketch about where women are like, oh, I was dating. What about the, it's like her and her friends talking. Oh, I heard, are you still seeing this guy? No, he was a complete sociopath. There were just so many red flags. There was this, there was that. 
And like, as somebody who like read this thing online, I know exactly what this means and therefore this person is. And I was like, it's really funny because I know so many people who do this. And I'm like, just because you didn't like that person or just because that person had a flaw doesn't mean it was a red flag. No, things don't work out. Sometimes things just don't work out. And like, it's what's that? The office, like um, the office quote, like the United States version of it, like, there's one line where somebody doesn't make the sale and Dwight, one of the characters is like, not everything has to be a life lesson. Sometimes you just fail. And that's just like how it is. Sometimes people just don't click. You don't have to rewrite the story as to why, you know what? I dodged a bullet. Like, you know what? I really, uh, it was in my favor that that didn't work out. Even though like two days before you were saying how much you wanted that to happen. Yeah, I think the best, so my friend is actually going through it at the moment. She's gone on a date a few times with like a, a, a guy she likes. The guy's a little bit too loud. <laughs> and that is his only thing. And she's like, I just, everything else, she's like, I feel awful because I, I judge women who have, or like I judge other people who have really petty eggs and I don't want to have this one. And I was like, yeah, but, one in my opinion all x are really petty they are they are they are just small things my like I genuinely went on a date the other day and I was like that eyeliner is slightly wonky and it really annoyed me can't can't look away from it that's funny but to your that, friend like did she tell the guy that he's just a little loud like that's also going to. back to the toxic positivity like we gotta yeah. say it out loud doesn't want to say it out loud but I said said, but either way whether you like this about like you don't like this about him or you do if you are literally just saying I just I'm not really feeling it you are allowed to feel like that like you it doesn't have to have oh he was abusive he was you know he talked down to me he did this to me he did that it doesn't have to be this massive thing for why it didn't work out. It can literally, especially as you are just dating them, you've just met this person. But even marriage. Okay, so my, actually, I'm a good example of this. My ex, okay, so my best friend, Adam and I, we <coughs> were married, right? We realized right after we got married, we were like, man, we should not be married. <laughs> then we went ahead and we went and got a divorce and we we're best friends, you know? Like, it's just one of those things, like we still talk these years later and it's, I don't understand this concept of like, why does everything have to be so chaotic for a breakup to happen? Why do we have to wait for the last possible moment where you guys have forgotten that at one point or another, you were friends at some point? You can't even hold that middle ground. I think that people need this victim reason as to this very crazy, dramatic, overblown reason why things needed to end instead of just being like, I am not feeling this at all and I you know what and it uh, but again it goes back to do we want to hurt the person it's awkward this awkwardness we're told to be happy all the time look on the bright side constantly working at it but you know just as much as it's good to know when you're good for someone it's good to know when to walk away as well it's just as important no I agree I think also the toxic positivity comes into these because I've had it with dating obviously not to the same level where it's like, I should have walked away sooner, but because people love to do that, 
oh, just give them a go, give them a shot. You've got to do mm. this. You've got to put yourself out there more. You've got to, you end up going on these awful like second and third dates with people and just going, I'm not happy. Yeah. Because everybody else has told me I'm supposed to be doing this, but why can't it be enough that I've sat here and said, but I don't think we're compatible. I don't like how I feel when I'm on the date and I don't like the person. So like I have compiled to help people understand what I mean by the difference between red flags and X. I've compiled a list of my top red flags I've had on dates where people have told me to just ignore it and go on another one. And you tell me if I should have. <laughs> okay, I will tell you that. But just I'm before like we move on, I want to add just one comment. Sometimes you can still like the person. Like in my case, like Adam yeah. and I have like real care for each other. And I think that's what it was. Like we do have this friendship, this bond, this like friendship, love for each other. And so it's difficult when it's like, okay, I do care for him, but I don't want to be with him. And he's like, I care for her, but I don't want to be with her. And yeah, you are surrounded by that. I was surrounded by that. I got told multiple times, it's okay. You're getting cold feet, this and that. And I was like, I don't know. It just doesn't feel the way it's supposed to. And I do feel like when you're in a relationship, if you don't know, if you don't know, like at the beginning, like if you're really questioning it, like just really talk to the person or stop. Don't make any big decisions. Like that was the problem. Like I didn't talk about it enough. And so I was making these big decisions while feeling this. Is this right for me? Is this right? Is this right? Like, thankfully everything worked out for a good reason and everything like that. But you know, some people don't speak up and then they ruin the friendship. They ruin whatever was there. Family gets involved. There's a lot of drama, like unnecessary pain comes up. Yeah. They are like my, oh yeah, my mum had it as well when like when she left my dad and it was a lot of the, oh, but you should give it a go. You've got a child. And my mum's like, but we just, we're not good together. Yeah. We've been together for five years and we don't like each other when we're together. So why? The only people we're hurting is each other. And like, you know, they get along perfectly well now. There's still a lot of care because they had a child together and they raised me. And then my mum's with my stepdad who she's been with for the longest period of time. Like it's coming up to over 20 odd years now. Oh, this I know, I know. They're the biggest dickheads together. It's very <laughs> It is. But, uh, but yeah, do you want to know, see my list of different yes, yes, let's get red flags and eggs just to like round us out? Cause I'm aware we haven't got a lot of time left. <laughs> yes, okay, so, I wanna hear it. Yeah, so I'll go with my ick. So the way I've had it, because I have to sit down and think, what would I say is the difference between an ick and a red flag? So my icks would be the bad eyeliner. The part, Someone that I dated once had a weird shaped head and all I could imagine was that my thighs would crush their head if they tried to go down on me. And that freaked me out. And that's not a red flag. That's funny. Um, they said a word, really weird once. And like, these are just general ones or like someone said, like just didn't pronounce a word how I thought they would put me off. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. Everybody who's going to get ready to go on dates with Cab, beware. You got to come with your A game. But what I mean is like, those are small things. Those are X. Those are not things that I can sit there and be like, that was a red flag. Like get out, blah, blah, blah. Whereas like, 
so the red flags that I found like the main things I could think of was like the person who talked about their trauma on the middle of a second day after I had said repeatedly no to having this conversation and then tried to say I started the conversation that's a red flag that's a red flag uh, there was the person who talked about if I was pregnant. Oh, and by the way, I only date women, non-binary and trans people. <laughs> yes, these are not males we're talking about. These right are here. not men. Um, the person who talked about if I was pregnant when I said I didn't want kids and it made me uncomfortable, kept talking about my pregnancy and me and raising my imaginary baby. Really? Yeah. You guys went into just imaginary babies like right off the bat. I did After, not. Not you. <laughs> I want to make this. This was not a conversation I consented to. It got to the point where I had to say, I don't want kids and I'm not comfortable with this conversation. And I don't yeah. know why you keep bringing it up. Yeah, but I could raise the baby. You just have to have it. And I'm like, but that's what? the bit I don't want. That's the bit I really am against is the idea of pregnancy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there was also the person who said I could be the pretty one and they would be the smart one because I didn't know one thing, like this one specific thing about computer technology. Hmm. And then got very upset when I told them I had to, we got talking about politics. They said something wrong and I proceeded to explain to them something to do with the EU and when they tried to tell me I was wrong again, I had to be like, this was what I got a degree and I have two degrees specifically in these areas. Um, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's a red flag. And oh, what was it? The last one. Oh yeah, spent the entire time checking out the waitress the entire time we had dinner on a first date. <laughs> oh, that's a classic red line, like red flag, I feel. Yeah, I'm like, I was like, I find, I feel like red flags are like big things like that, that leave you coming out of a date, feeling uncomfortable in yourself, feeling mm. like you've been insulted, feeling like something's not right. I feel like that is a bit red flag. Well, I think that red flags are just absolutely like, like liars, cheaters. If you come out and you're really questioning what's going on and you're saying like, if my best friends treat me better than this, why am I even with you? That is definitely something to just yeah. stop. And yeah, and I it's weird because when it comes to red flags and icks, because people are so scared to speak up for themselves, I think part of the blame is because they won't speak up for themselves. So these icks and red flags, they keep going or they keep, moving in a direction where they're growing because you didn't call them out right at the beginning yes okay so we got cats icks and red flags for her dating experience for this year but thank you so much yes this was a great conversation and that's about as much time as we have for today for toxic positivity and red flags uh for those listening let us know what your thoughts are what are your red flags what are your icks yeah and also whatever is the worst dating story you've got yes. <laughs> please write us the worst ones and those worst ones we'll put a shout out to i think <laughs> yes that would be good <laughs> okay well thank you so much everybody for listening and we will see you next week and as always stay kinky bye well that's it for us make sure to follow us on instagram to stay up to date you can find me at the partition underscore life and you can find Katrina at underscore satisfied cat. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week. 
And as always, stay kinky.